Welcome back, everybody, to the Full Tank Motorcycle Podcast with myself, Rob, and I'm joined by Tim, as as every time. No as big always. surprise there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How are you, Tim? I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, actually. I'm, I'm uh, feeling very rested, owing to the fact that we're recording this episode in my conservatory slash office, um, and that means that I didn't really have to go far, but you had to ride all the way across London. Yeah. You like made it, though. An hour and a half. Yeah, surprisingly, there isn't that much traffic at the moment. I was thinking, so okay. mechanically, you made it. Um, yeah, we don't want to talk about that too we much. We actually were going to do this <laughs> last, last week. week, but then what happened? Uh... Well, that wasn't even the bike's fault, but I feel like I'm just jinxed. That bike is cursed. You know, you said that when I first got it. Mm. I think that stands true because the bike got a puncture after, what, new tyres, about 200 miles on them, maybe 500 max. I was absolutely livid. So that you had to swap it then? It yeah. wasn't. A, it wasn't. Oh, no. Well, actually, to be fair, I got to fix it. But still, when it's on brand new tyres, mm. it does eat away at you a little bit more. Yeah, that does suck. Um, I was peeved. But at least you got there today. You went via um, yeah. Crazy Horse, didn't you? I did. Crazy Horse London, a dealer that I'm always hanging out at. They yeah, make me a coffee far. and stuff there. Yeah, you know, they're, they're really they're friendly nice. as well. I can see why you would spend a lot of your time there. It's a trek for you, but you went there to ride the FTR. I did, and I loved it. It was good fun. I went over to, um, was it Brands Hatch, did I say? Yeah. Yeah, I went over that direction because it's quite close, actually. Um, and you find some decent roads, so you can get far enough outside of London where you can actually test something properly. And really enjoy it. So, yeah. And the sun shone on me, briefly. I actually took it out as well, like, last week, when we were meant to be recording when you got a puncture. Yeah, I still I went and rode it, and I did a, a YouTube video as well. And I was I, jealous. I was sitting getting my tyres changed, and I just got photos of you on it. In yeah, the, in exactly. The I, know. Mm. I thought, well, that's a bit harsh to send you some, like, bragging no, photos. But, yeah, <laughs> uh, I was having a good time. I actually really enjoyed riding it i think i did as always quite a bit of research though and it's interesting reading people's thoughts about it in that a lot of people question who it's for um yeah i think that's a valid question though yeah because it is i mean all bikes are kind of unique to a degree there's some that sort of tread the same sort of path i don't really think there's anything i can massively compare that bike to there's a few that would get a sort of mention and i said to you before we started something mm. like the triumph um 1200 scrambler or the ducati scrambler 1100 the, the bigger version maybe those but i still don't even think they're close to the mark is it retro because mm. uh, i don't about- think it is you know you're talking about retro bikes, though. That's true, yeah, no, to a degree. So why why would you... Although I don't know whether I'd say Bonnevilles anymore are massively retro. They've become fairly mainstream. They're, they're retro, though. Like, retro being the design is inspired by something of the past. Well, same goes for this, then, if it's designed or inspired by the, the flat trackers. Flat trackers still look like that now, though, right? Because if it was influenced by... They still use the FTR 750. Oh, yeah, right? no, they still look like that, yeah. And they still do use. So yeah. it's kind of weird, right? Because if that was like what flat trackers looked like 10, 20 years ago, they kind of did as well. Hmm. Then you might say it's retro if flat track bikes had changed. But because they still kind of look the same, I don't know whether you would say it's a retro bike okay. or it's just influenced by flat trackers. I'd take your point. But I would say outside of um, retro bikes, you know, essentially you've got a 1200cc naked motorcycle so you could arguably mm-hmm. compare it to a, a ducati it's a yeah. v-twin yeah um you could compare it to 
someone who's looking at stuff like the CB1000R. Yeah, true. What else? Even like MT09 or MT... I was thinking Yamaha. I mean, obviously, they've gone 10. a very unique way with the looks, certainly. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. So it sort of fits within a few different categories then. It doesn't really settle on one. So then why would someone go for it? That's what I was kind of wondering. Because they want to be unique, Rob. Yeah. Because they want to stand out from the crowd and they want to make sure that they're the only one at the cafe with that particular bike. It's it's definitely, you know, it's definitely distinctive. There's nothing yeah. else like that. I mean, it's the only production tracker style bike. Even, it, and when I say style, I mean like it's styled like a tracker, but it's not necessarily. Yeah, I can't think of any other manufacturers that have decided to go the flat tracker route. There's a lot of a uh, sort of scrambler route with bikes and some of that is more functional than others. Um, there's obviously sports Mm. themed they're you know street naked bikes and stuff like that but no I don't think there is anything else from any other manufacturer that um, has specifically aimed at a flat tracker style or influenced mm. bike but that's niche in itself isn't it and I, and I suppose really what they're you know hoping to get people the customers they're hoping to get rather are like probably people who want an Indian they bought into that brand but they just want something a bit more sporty Potentially. What, like a second bike? Or, or, or like, the, you know, they, I've already got like a, um, I love the Scout or the mm. Scout Bobber. But yeah, something a bit more sporty, perhaps. Well, you want something, if you're going to have a few different bikes, you want them to do different things, right? You, it'd be kind of pointless having sort of like 10 bikes that all are the same sort of theme. Yeah, exactly. You sort of want a bike to match the environment and the mood that you're in that day. So, yeah, I guess if you've got something like a cruiser yeah, and you want some, I don't even know what I'd call it. It's not, it's not, I wouldn't want to take it on a flat track. Um, it's just it's, a, just, it's a naked sports bike. That's what it is. Yeah. For sure. And it, it seriously tears up the streets. Yeah, it does. I mean, properly just you, churns up tarmac. <laughs> did you notice getting on it off your motor Guzzi? I did. The, some like, differences. Yeah, the, the, peg, the pegs are high, aren't they, on the FTR? Yeah, do you know the weird thing, actually? It wasn't so much getting off mine onto that. I don't know why it's usually this way around, but it always is. It's getting off the new bike onto my bike Back onto to ride something. home. Yeah. Because you don't have that, like... Uh, anticipation of it being novel probably you're like oh what's this going to feel like so you're looking yeah. for it whereas when you get back on your old bike you're like, you don't expect it to feel weird I'm waiting for the familiar and it doesn't feel familiar yeah, yeah. yeah. no it's really odd so yeah the, getting on mine in particular so it's probably useful to sort of talk about bikes in comparison to what you're riding there on half yeah, the time yeah, yeah. so getting on mine it felt like and it's not but a full on sports bike like I felt like I was over the tank on mine mm. which I'm not well, but get this. the difference in comparison to sitting upright Bolt mm. upright on a flat tracker to go into that was huge. The seat height. So when I was talking to Paul at Crazy Horse, he said that someone was trading theirs for an MV um, because they felt like it was a bit tall. And it is surprisingly tall, the seat height. Yeah. I looked just before you came over and I think it's 835 or 840 millimetres. I heard 40, yeah. 840, that's it. Um, which... I've just had the Africa Twin. Yeah. In its low seat height, that's 850. Um, and in its high setting. So with the standard seat, so you can buy a high seat and a low seat, but the standard seat can go in two settings. One's 870, one's 850. Presumably the low seat option is like 830, 835. So you can have an Africa Twin mm -hmm. with a lower seat than that. 
which that's crazy and you expect a taller bike from something like an Africa Twin yeah it's got long or suspension a or a Tiger or something. yeah and, yeah, and high, high ground clearance it's strange when you get on and also I, I saw a few different reviews and they were talking about it being low I don't know why or where that sort of came from but I think maybe they were just talking about the weight of it yeah because and the, the visually it's it not a low bike it's a really tall bike and it's got quite a wide seat as well yeah, but I personally, the, researching this, like I said, you know, I was looking at an Indian forum and there was people, it was a post from a couple of years ago when the bike came out and mm -hmm. it was people who'd been to demo it at a dealer and, um, you know, just giving their first impressions and talking about whether they might buy one. And someone was like, oh, it was too tall, I couldn't flat foot it. And then that kind of triggered this whole thread of, oh, here we go, like another person can't flat foot a bike. And they were all kind of like ripping into them. And I thought, oh, that's interesting because I don't personally care about flat. I'm not tall. No, I, I know. don't care about flat foot in a bike. Yeah. And also, not to sort of um, downtrod my brother, but he's five foot seven. Mm. And he's just bought himself a new bike. And he was saying about what the is flat it? footing thing. It's a VFR. I'm oh. well looking forward to riding that thing. A new one um, or an old one? No, it's an old one, yeah. Um, but I've never ridden the V4 before, so I'm really, really uh, curious yeah. if it'll go. Um, but no, he he brings that up as well, but he's quite a diminutive man, my brother. Um, so to him, it's a huge deal. Whereas, again, we ride loads of bikes, and I've been on bikes where you go, oh, God, that's a bit tall. And maybe I wouldn't own it myself, but I would never condemn a bike for being a bit taller. Um and it doesn't put me off hugely as long as it doesn't feel really sort of ungainly going around a corner. You know the ones that feel really tall when you sort of try and dip them in? Mm. I never really feel that comfortable on those kind of bikes. But stopping at lights and stuff like that, usually you can sort of shift your weight between legs. At least if you can get one leg down, you're still reasonably good. I get the risk it would be maybe if you're pulling up at like a curb mm. and it's a little lower on one side and you don't account for it and fall over. But other than that, yeah, I, I mean, I must admit, when I was on the, um, I think it was the Tiger 900 launch, but this has happened to me multiple times. I think on the Moto Guzzi V85 TT launch, yeah. bikes that are tall like that, you know, I think when I jumped on the Tiger, it's got the same seat height and two settings as the Africa Twin, so it's 870, which is tall for me. I'm like 5'9", so um, it's when you're on uneven ground quite often on those press trips you're in like laybys mm -hmm. waiting for the photographer for your next pass yeah and um if the let's say the road is angling away from you to the left um and you've got the bike on the side stand when i get on it sometimes i can't pick it up because i can only reach the floor with one foot and it's like it's proper difficult so I've, sometimes i've had to push it a little bit maneuver it and then jump on so mm. It, I do understand that like bikes can be too tall and that makes them a little bit difficult to deal with. But flat footing on either side, like flat footing means both sides, feet flat on the floor. Yeah. I just don't know how many bikes. Well, yeah, I know what I mean. Realistically, you can do that with. One thing I did think though is it age a little bit as you get a bit older. Um, True. I don't want to be, oh, I'm, I mean, dangerous territory here, aren't Sorry, I? Sorry, I just called my brother short. You can call <laughs> people old. Go ahead. No, but I just think uh, that that was kind of one thing that came out in that thread that I was reading. And I do wonder if, like, it's not necessarily strength or kind of balance or, or sort of speed of reactions, but yeah. it might just be a combination of all those things that make people feel like they don't want yeah, to. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, again, if you've got back problems or hip problems, yeah, that's going to be a yeah. big consideration too. Interesting, though. I get it. But I, this is a bloody long way of me saying that 
although it's got a high seat, <laughs> I didn't actually find it problematic because no. you've got the fuel tank under the seat so the weight slung a little bit lower than if you've got an adventure bike with like a 20 odd liter tank yeah. and that's right up high yeah and then when you feel overbalanced on one of those it's well scary well that's what i mean so yeah low speed stuff you've you want to feel like the weight's a little bit lower at least i do i prefer that um because again that means that i can feel a bit more comfortable of it. I was going like, you know when you're going behind cars and you're just trickling through and you don't even yeah. have to put your feet down but you're not even moving. Mm. It was really, really stable for that sort of stuff. And again, going around corners, I like the weight being quite low. The compromise there is that you generally have to lean it over a little bit further. Mm. So if it's quite a tall bike and it's got the weight up high, mm. then you don't have to lean over quite as much to get the same kind of turning angle out of yeah. it. But if it is low weight and really long wheelbase as this one is, one of the things I picked up on was the fact that it, you do have to lean it over to get the same kind of steering angle yeah. out of it going around a bend. I, which I love. Yeah, I was going to say it, it makes me feel because if you and I was saying it not to get too childish or, and I understand the sort of the risk of that. I don't know that it's necessarily that much more dangerous than just being upright. But I like being a little closer to the ground because that gives you some context and makes you feel like you're going a little bit faster. Yeah, it feels faster, doesn't it? It does, like... Nothing unsafe about it, but no, I really like a bit of a lean. And I'm sure I could go way further. When I feel like my elbow's on the floor, I must be like two foot off. I'm mm, much further up. For sure, yeah. Um, I, I think I've been quite negative about it so far, though. The first two things we talked about are um, the seat height and then who would buy it. Um... But I think it's worth me adding. I absolutely had a blast on it. Like you say, you know, it's a really quick bike. It's firm in its suspension, so it handles pretty mm. well. The riding position I actually quite liked. Even on the motorway, I felt like it was pretty comfy. Um, but as soon as I got on some little back lanes, it's just like, it's a bit of a weapon, isn't it? Especially when you get the, the revs right up to... I think it's sort of like yeah. four or five, it starts to pick up and then it oh, absolutely yeah. flies. I don't think you'd be getting left behind by anyone. Mm, apart from maybe that thin, narrow um, rear tyre, it I did find it a little bit sort of slippery. I don't know if you noticed did that you? today. But I was on... Super some, dry today, so actually I was quite fortunate. I was on some country lanes that had a bit of dirt around. So I think what happened was maybe... I felt that a couple of times and then that got me kind of looking for it and potentially a bit anxious about it. Yeah. Um, I hate those I, I probably put some road tyres on it anyway, to be honest. I've been told the tyres aren't, aren't the best and on, on it as stock, but then most bikes are generally that way as well. I'd want to change the tyres on quite a lot of bikes that you get straight out of the factory. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's probably fair. It's definitely a personal preference thing. I just think when it has like blocky flat track style tyres on it, um probably more people than average are going to swap those out. And sometimes you get the option with um, adventure bikes where you can choose between two sets of tires. I don't know yeah. if you've ever seen that. Like with at no extra cost, you can choose like slightly off-roady and more mm -hmm. road-focused ones. It'd be interesting to see Indian do that perhaps, but I don't know. They're, they're weird sizes though. 19-inch front, 18-inch rear. Yeah, I know. So yeah. You can be super limited on what you're getting, yeah. Yeah, maybe... Mm, no, I don't know. Brid I mean, I've got a similar problem with my street twin. It's got an 18 inch front and then mm. a 17. So you can, uh, you can get rears easily, but the front you can't. And yeah, looking around like Bridgestone, I found was one of the best for 18 inch fronts. Um, they've got such a big range I and lots of okay, yeah. size I can't choices. Because my, um, my Mogacy, the V7, was mm. actually like that as well. I oh, remember yeah. it being a pain. I went for Continental, I think. They've got quite mm. a few different, mm. this is a very specific <laughs> chain of uh, conversation no but 
there are probably quite a few street (laughs) twin owners that um that listen to the podcast so um you know it's touching on issues that really affect them they are genuinely important issues yeah coronavirus and (laughs) and 18 inch front (laughs) yeah they're right up there (laughs) it always gets bumped off the uh the main bulletins but yeah it's a shame (laughs) um one thing that i was kind of thinking about as well with the ftr was like is it the only american sports bike uh, would you say currently? I'd possibly say currently, until the Harley Bronx comes out. Yeah, but as it stands, there aren't really sports bikes that you can buy from. Maybe like niche ones, like the Lightning. That's an electric one, and then obviously there was Buell. Yeah, but and, and probably Do you some class Ameri- it massively as a sports bike though. Yeah, it's a naked sports bike. I think I I I I was quite direct about that. <laughs> when we first discussed yeah. who's it for like I think you have to look at it that way it's got fully adjustable suspension Brembo's yeah. with like braided lines radial master cylinder it's got an IMU mm. it's 1200cc 120 horsepower well as a sports bike then it doesn't feel like any other sports bike of course not no absolutely not but it's a performance orientated bike so yeah a naked and you can get a lot bike. of performance out of it as well and the only other sports bike like you say that's on the horizon out of an American company is the mm. Bronx yeah which does look kind of similar. No, I don't mean, sorry, it doesn't look kind of similar. It On the spec sheet, it's yes. kind of similar. Um, so it will have Brembo's. They've got those tires specifically made for them by um, Michel- Michelin. Do you I say Michelin or Michelin? I say Michelin. I'm going to say Michelin. Just brutalize it. Yeah. Michelin, yes. Uh, no, but they do. I think for the live wire, they've got um, a collab with Michelin, Michelin yeah. as well. And the Brembo's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think on the Pan America and, and, and that sort of so thing They've got well. a partnership there somewhere. I, I, it's also going to be water cool because it's got that Revolution Max engine, although it's mm-hmm. the smaller 900, I think, going in the in the Bronx. Um, so I That'll just don't know. Yeah, I don't know whether it's going to be as fast then as the, um, the FTR. Indian. Yeah, the FTR. No, probably not. But I wonder if it will be competitive with it because it's got to be that, that that's it's, those two bikes yeah. are aimed at like America like American motorcycle buyers. From what I can tell in comments on YouTube, mm-hmm. are very patriotic. Like that's one of the big reasons they buy Harley's. You kind of want to though, don't you? You it's nice when uh, I mean says the man only in a triumph. Um, it's quite nice when <laughs> with the Union Jack radiator guy. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, but no, it's quite nice, I think, if you can. I, I don't think they would necessarily go hunting for it, but you don't want to be disappointed by your own home team, do you? I'm just saying, like, you know, there's probably some people who will specifically only buy Harleys yeah. or no, an American are. bike. They're definitely are. And then if you want a sports bike and you and you want to buy American... True. But you've got two options, don't you? you know, now you've yeah. got two options. Um, I just wonder if either of them is going to convert cruiser riders or Toro riders into sports bike fans or, or kind of naked sports bike fans, let's say. It's going to get a bit. Um, I think some people who want to go for the sports bikes are going to naturally go towards the European or Japanese market, I think, naturally, because that's they've been doing it longer. So mm. I think there's still going to be some kind of elitism with that maybe, where people think if you want to go for a sports bike, you have to go this way. Um, but then there are going to be a few people who have a cruiser or have a Harley or an Indian and have bought into the brand who then go, yeah, I've got room for a second bike and a huge contrast to the first bike, whatever it might be. Mm. So you're going to get that as well. 
And then you are going to get some people who are just looking for their first bike, maybe, or their only bike, who, again, there's just something curious about it that just, just sort of grabs them mm. and makes them go that way. Yeah. What? Which one would you go for? I mean, because obviously we haven't ridden the Bronx. No, it's true. Because um, they're not out yet and nobody's reviewed it. But like on paper, similar in terms of their setup, I would say the big differences are the looks, the brand, the size of the engine. Size, yeah. It's probably going to be a few, what, 20 horsepower down. Yeah. Um, what other differences can I think of? I think that's about it. There'll Other, be weight difference. You say price as well, maybe. Uh, weight's probably going to be... They haven't released the weight, I don't think, of the Bronx yet, but it's probably going to be similar. It's not going to be light, though, is it? <laughs> well, sorry, sorry <laughs> It's not going to be like... Um, is it the MT-07? And, and I, therefore, yeah. I assume the kind of bigger MTs. You know, they're much lighter than other bikes in their segment. Yeah. Um, it's not going to be that weight. It's no, probably going to be that 220, 230 kilograms mm -hmm. kind of area, which is the same as the FTR. Do you know... So, okay, what I would say, and to touch upon another point with us again, if the Bronx handles somewhat similar to the live wire to throw a complete curveball in there, I would go with the Bronx, I think. Mm, I wouldn't. If it doesn't, then I would go with the Indian because one, you're not going to see, well, I don't know whether you'd see as many of them. You don't see as many Indians as you do Harley Davidsons, at least in this country. And Two, there's just something I personally quite like about that brand and that bike. Wait, you just said you were going to go for the Bronx. I, if if it handles like the live wire, although it wouldn't have the speed of the live wire, I wouldn't have thought. But why? Because right. I thought the live wire handled really well. And I think a lot of the proportions and the looks of it, right. it looks a similar, if not influenced sort of shape mm. as the live wire. So maybe the proportions carry over a little. Mm. So maybe it handles that way. Mm. I just think the Bronx... It's going to be less power. Yeah. Not that you need all 120 horsepower no. on our roads, but it's nice to know it's there. <laughs> and I think the FTR is better looking. Oh, yeah. I think that's... You I, can't argue with that, surely. <laughs> the Pan America... Probably I can't argue with it. I actually like how it looks. I think I've said that many a time. Yeah. Um, the new 1250 Custom, which is based on that engine as well, um, also looks great. Mm -hmm. Uh, the the Bronx is the one out of the three new bikes that they've got coming yeah. where I'm like, I just don't really, you know, it doesn't do it for me. It's totally it subjective. Probably. I don't, you know, not to criticize anyone who does like it. I think to someone's eye, that's going to look quite good. Yeah, sure. But I just think the FTR. Yeah, out of the two of them, I think the FTR looks prettier as well. I think we'll probably agreed on that. But again, some people might disagree. Yeah. Completely down to your taste, but it's, it's a pretty bike, especially when you see it actually in the flesh. Hmm. Well, that's, you know, people can look at YouTube to, to kind of see our reviews. Um, but that's probably <laughs> enough for now on the FTR. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I loved it. I reckon anyone who fancies a little girl on one, definitely, um, you know, take a spin on one if you oh, can. Yeah. What's the worst that can happen? Crazy horse. Very friendly, aren't they? Yeah. No, the brilliant place to go to. Have you been up to Bury? No, so, I haven't. That's um, the big crazy horse. To, yeah, that's, is that where they started from? I think so, yeah. That's where okay. they've got a couple of showrooms and a cafe and all that kind of thing. It's really good up there and they do these bike nights that are meant to be great. Um, yes, anyway, what else have you been riding? That was how we... I, I lost my train of thought there of like, how? why were we talking about the FTR? And then came back to me. Yeah. That's what you've ridden. And then you rode, we just mentioned the live wire. I did. And you know it handles well. I know because it Because well. you went and rode one. Oh uh, Yeah, properly. I went down to Lynn's um, in Guildford. That's a trek. You've been all Closer over the place, me, though. is it? Yeah, but yes, it is a trek. Mm. But it was worth it 
because it's a brilliant bike. You remember we went to the motorcycle live show? Yeah. And I queued twice. To sit on it. For many minutes to sit on one. Did we talk about that? To go on a rolling We must have talked about it. I think we talked about it probably. Yeah. Uh, on the drive home, maybe. Um, and they do the thing where they get you to, you know, rev it up. Oh, see how quickly it goes to 60 miles an hour. You're like, yeah, there's, it doesn't mean anything. There's no friction. It, there's nothing coming through here. And you sit on it and you can feel the vibration, the haptic feedback and the pulsing and stuff like that. I was like, oh, I was curious. I'm, I'm excited to have a go on with these when I get the chance. So I, I did, obviously, recently. They rang me up and just said, we've got one in. Do you want to take it out? And I said, yes. And I still stand firm to my opinion that it is the best electric bike that I have been on. Which you got criticised for. Which I got criticised for. Someone said that I was paid by Harley, mm. which I wish was true, but it's not. Um, it is just my opinion, and I couldn't have made that more explicit in the review, that just my opinion, I preferred how it felt. I'm not saying that on paper the specs are better. It will be in certain respects than something like the Zero SRF, because that was the one they had a huge problem with, was whether it was better than the SRF. Mm. And they thought I was uh, leaning towards Harley, um, perhaps unfairly so, but I was like, you know what? Go and ride one. You tell me if you think it's better or not. So I've ridden the SRF, not the live wire yet, although I would like to at some point when I get a chance. Um, but, you know, I've got an idea of what the SRF is like. So which one, in your mind, handles better? In my mind, the Harley. Mm. which seems very strange to say. <laughs> Harley here builds a very well-handling machine. Yeah, I heard that in, in some of the other reviews. But better than the SRF, I mean, I don't remember the SRF being, like, bad or good, really. No, no, pretty neutral. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's pretty decent. changes. But no, the SRF handles brilliantly. I just want to make that point very clear as well. It is a good bike, and mm. it sort of feels like something like a Ducati Monster or something, where mm. if you were to look at them side by side, you'd be like, yeah, there's some parallels there. But um, no, there's just something about the Harley that I really like the handling of it, and completely forgot about lack of noise or lack of gears and clutch and everything else. I just enjoyed the bike, which is the biggest compliment you can pay any bike, mm. is to just ignore everything else, including yeah. the speedo and everything else around you, and just look at the road and enjoy it. Mm. Okay, fair enough. That's pretty conclusive. So, handling, you reckon the live wire's better? Yeah. Speed, they're probably about the same in they're, terms of... They must be the same. Because the specs all round are pretty similar. They list, yeah, top speed, I think, like 110, uh, zero, I think, is like 120 or something like that, but they're both electronically limited just because that drains the battery quick. Yeah. So they could probably go more, both of them. Um, and the 0 to 60 on both of them is listed at three seconds. So, what's the real difference there in terms of speed? Probably not a lot. It's yeah. a motor. It's just it's you know magnets and it revolves. Similar weight, similar kind of suspension setup, similar yeah. brakes, all that kind of thing. Uh, looks, because that's important. I think I prefer the uh, the Harley again because I can talk about this one. So, I haven't ridden it, but I've looked at them both. And I've can. ridden one of them. I agree. Livewire yeah. way better looking. It's nice, isn't it? Oh, did you see that custom one by no. Untitled Motorcycles, the Custom Zero SRF? No. I'll put a picture in the video. Okay. Oh, the Zero, not the Harley? It's, it's Custom Zero. Oh, okay. It's insane. Oh. Yeah, I'll show Colour you later. intrigued. Um, but yeah, I, th I think the, the proportions of the Harley are kind of like interesting. It's got some oh, of nice. the old schoolness about it. It's got a bit of like a sports to tank to it. Yeah. I really like that kind of hunchback, angry yeah. kind of ready to go. But also super modern, Stunts. like the little tail section. Yeah. Headlight looks great. Yeah. 
all round, I think it's cracking. Think the battery's featured quite well as well because they sort of need to make something of the battery because essentially that replaces the engine in a lot of these bikes in terms of where it's located more than anything else. The Zero still looks a little bit like a cheapish Japanese motorcycle type thing like some of the older ones do. It, it looks more premium than Maybe. the previous Zeros, but Definitely it's more, more the plastic Because the previous you could see just like a lump of a battery, right? Yeah. Whereas this one, I think it's got like polished um, fins on mm. the side of the battery. And the trellis frame looks great. Yeah. So true. it's moving in the right direction, but still it's just not quite got that finesse of the Harley. No. Brand? Does he, do you care about that? Hell yeah, you got to Well, not... I don't care about the brand in terms of this is my brand tattoo on me. I, I bleed Harley. Um, I care about the brand in terms of if I ever need that thing serviced or anything doing to it, I mm. want to know that that brand is going to back me up. Mm. True. Which one do you think is more established and which one's going to have your back if you need to service it or send it back to them with a fault or whatever? Mm. Which Do you have an opinion on that? Because <laughs> I want... Harley's longer established. Mm. They are currently having financial issues. Mm-hmm. It's fair to say they're on the decline, bit mm-hmm. of a dip. Yeah, but I don't think you'll ever see a day when they disappear. Zero a pre-profit. True. I've heard anecdotally again more from sort of comments and stuff. People mm. who've obviously bought the zero. Mm. A few, one or two horror stories from uh, trying to get the thing fixed when it's broken. Mm, that's interesting because most of the dealers are like either electric motorbike companies or like Honda one near here is a Honda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of them, I don't know why they're partnered with Honda, but the one near me is a Honda as well. Mm. Yeah, they are in those shops and you can do stuff, you know, you can, you've got a place to take it back to. You've got a physical mm. premises. It's just getting the... Yeah, and the English electric motorcycle company, I'm, I have no doubts they'll take care of you. Mm. It's just they're in the States trying to get that thing Same over there Same with Tesla, fixed. you know. I've heard that. It's really hard to get Teslas fixed. It makes sense, but then... They are in America. If you need something replacing or they haven't got a part, whatever it is, mm. that's in the States. If you go to Harley, I mean, yes, the parts and stuff are still in the States, but they have lots of big Dealers. dealerships yeah, yeah, yeah. around the UK. So you might stand a better chance. Maybe, yeah. I kind of was thinking when I said brand about, um, do you care that like Zero is a company that is purely electric bikes and can therefore take that kind of um, image of, something that's quite progressive and trying to kind of environmentalize motorcycling versus like Harley, which is, uh, you know, primarily big, large capacity um, bikes. <laughs> and then they're, they're trying something different and it's kind of a traditional brand and, yeah. they're, and they're trying to pivot somewhere. Would that affect your choice if you were choosing between those two bikes? Or, I don't think so. You? No, no, I don't think so. But I definitely know that certain people would. They're both American. In I terms just said, what? In terms of wanting to feel like you're doing the good for the planet, kind of zero. Just situation. feels like Tesla, doesn't it? Whereas like yeah, massively, and yeah. people love Tesla. Like pe- that, people do love that brand, and they like Elon Musk. Yeah. Um, it's a bit like I don't know what's the equivalent of Harley in cars. It's because you know, like Porsche have got their electric car now, and obviously Dodge. Lot- Dodge or something, yeah, if they made an electric, would that be as appealing to the people who are potentially buying Teslas who like that kind of very clean aesthetic and the kind of like green sort of side of it and the innovative? There's some people who are going to think they do it better because they already like it. Yeah. I don't know if it would affect my choice. I think I agree. I don't think it would affect. There's certain people that are fairly tribal about it and probably would. But I'll tell you what would. Price. (laughs) Yeah. Because <laughs> so, you've just said you think it's a better looking yeah. bike, the Harley. You think you'll get better dealer support. Mm. You think that it handles better and that mm. they perform about the same. But one's 
20 grand, the zero. One's 30 grand, the Harley. Is it, given all those things, and, and like this is in a scenario where you have 30 grand in your pocket and you have to buy a motorcycle. It's a, it's a motorcycle voucher. Oh, so voucher. I've got 30 grand. Yeah. I've got a 30 grand voucher. Yeah, what happens is I say, Tim, that was a brilliant podcast. Yeah. You were excellent. Yeah. You carried me the whole hour, two hours. Um, how can I ever repay you? Here's a electric motorcycle voucher to the value of um, 30 grand. But if you buy a zero, they'll give you 10 grand cash back. Or you just say, you give me a voucher for 10 grand that I can buy, I can put in the t- extra 10. No, because you, you don't have to put in anything. That wouldn't oh, make great. it very good. <laughs> that oh, wouldn't make get, it very good game. But I get 10 grand back from zero. So I cash that's that in I mean. and I get 10 grand. Yeah, you get the 10 grand oh, cash back from zero. Hello. I like that option. Which one? Oh, you know which way I'm going to go with. I'm definitely the zero. Because uh. I don't think the Harley is £10,000 better. I'm sorry, it just isn't. Mm. It's not £10,000 better. But I did. someone did comment again that potentially Harley would be doing a kind of tiered system that maybe they've come out with this flagship to show what they can do and that maybe they will have a more affordable, slightly more budget version as in maybe compromise, or not compromise, but, you know, reduce stuff like the suspension brakes and stuff like that just to reduce costs. Maybe they'll do that. If mm. they did that, then maybe they're punching a little bit better with zero. But at the moment, £10,000 is just a huge difference. I just think the people, though, that actually buy live wires probably value 10 grand differently than you are. <laughs> yeah, probably. They yeah. probably don't care. It's no. not about it, you know? No. Much like I did a video actually a few weeks ago and it started doing quite well now. Um, whether the the Ducati V4 Superleggero was actually worth 100,000 euros, which is how it's priced. Um, it's worth what you're willing to pay for it. Th- th- yeah, this is what everyone comment. Like it was, you know, tongue in cheek, the mm. video and, and and the way that I compared it to other bikes was power to weight ratio. Yeah. So looking at, you know, what else can you get for that money? Because they, they have said it's their most powerful bike and their lightest bike. So that seemed like a good in for me. But yeah, the comments are mainly like, whoever's buying this does not care yeah, what you think. Care. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> probably haven't even watched the review, probably just walked into Ducati and went, what's your most expensive bike? Yeah, exactly. I'll take that one. Exactly. Um, oh, well, yeah, thanks for that. I'm interested in the live wire. I definitely want to go and try one now that you said it's better handling. Um, Again, yeah. I would By just... the way, that, that, that voucher was hypothetical. That's not going to happen at the end of this podcast. <laughs> You can't just give me something like that and then strip it away from me, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I can and have. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's your bikes that you've been on lately. I've been also sampling the delights of the motorcycling uh, world. You've had a few, but yours, yours are uh, longer term than mine. So the one at the moment then. I've had a lot of Hondas lately because they're based in the Midlands. It's quite a trek up there. So I don't want to be riding up there and back and then a week later going up there and back and, you know, Basically going to and from the Midlands, like two and a half hours pretty much to get there. What's wrong with the Midlands? Uh, no, <laughs> it's a long I'm, way it, to go. It's the distance. Yeah. Is, is, it's not the place. Because uh, I don't really sightsee when I'm there. I literally <laughs> go and get a bike and then get straight on the motorway and come back. So it just makes sense if when I'm dropping a bike, I pick another one up. So we started mm. with the Goldwing. Then I had the Africa Twin, oh, which I just picked yeah. up as we were recording the last episode of the podcast, we mentioned True. the Africa Twin. Yeah. So I had plenty of time on that. I've done a um, decent amount of riding on that, actually. Uh, got out into Kent, did some off-roading. Did you see that picture? Did I send it to oh, you? No, you didn't send me an off-roading It, was, it had been raining for a week, and I wanted to go out and off-road on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
there's a decent bit of green laning in like a bird reserve in um, Kent, just on the Thames estuary. And I waited for a dry day. It literally stopped raining about, I don't know, five o'clock that morning. And I got there at about 10. Right. So I'm going to show you the picture. Pretty sodden. And uh, yeah. A little bit lively. Uh, this is not the most interesting thing to listen to. But if you've seen on my Instagram, there you go. I rode down there. Oh, nice. Just a series of puddles. Yeah, but that went on yeah. for like a mile. It was super weird. They're they were so, all like, really perfectly deep. Perfectly sized. Yeah. That's incredible. Like I got very time. wet in the boots. Um, flooded in. <laughs> I love that. When you just put your foot down, you can feel it. Yeah, it was very uh, cold on the on the legs and shins on, the, right. on the motorway on the way back. Yeah. So I did that and then um, plenty of time riding on it. Plenty of little motorway blasts and obviously had to ride it back there and, and brought it down. Yeah. So I got a good feel for it. I'd say it's a cracking bike. W- one thing about it is the motor is just like awesome. Mm. 1100. So it's 100 horsepower. Parallel twin. It's got the same 270 crank that almost yeah. all parallel twins have now. But like, yeah, but it's just punchy. Well, it's really punchy. Yeah, it sounds yeah. great. Um, I'd also say it was surprisingly good on the motorway given that it didn't really have any wind protection. I actually don't mind that kind of full-on wind blast. Um, I think it varies for me. It doesn't really put me off because that's all I've ever really owned. But yeah. depending on what position you're doing it in and how much of a kind of fairing it's got, a little bit of a screen on that, right? So Not much. It kind of pushes it up. Okay. But I'd rather have a screen that was like low, too low, than something right in the middle. Like it's either got to be a high screen or a low screen, but I hate the ones like right in the middle where yeah, it's just like... Yeah, no, I've done that. I was ducking my head down on my Honda. When I first started riding, I was like, oh, let's just see mm. what this sort of airflow is like. And yeah, if you get in that slipstream, mm. oh, it's a nightmare. Mm. So that was good. The off-roading was good. The town riding was good as well. It's a, I'd say, it's, you know, it's quite a big, tall bike. Um, Smooth, power's yeah. good. But yeah. I, I didn't really, I think maybe my overarching feeling after taking it back was maybe that just it was a bit expensive in terms of spec. Yeah. So did you, did you warm to it though? I mean, like character-wise... Character-wise is great. Yeah. I, I, I like the engine, like I say. Often I like the looks. Like, if you look at that bike, yeah, it, it looks cool. Good. It's like a yeah. big rally bike type thing. Um, yeah, engine was great. Um, but yeah, it, it, I suppose it's in that kind of funny price point. Well, I, I've theorized on this quite a lot. I'm, I'm trying to sort of steer myself towards what I'm about to say, which is the Tiger 900. The, the range-topping model is 13 grand. I think it starts at nine something for the yeah. cheap base one. 13 mm-hmm. grand is the top spec one. The cheapest Africa Twin is 13 grand, and that's the one that I had. And it had nothing in terms of spec. Like, there were no extras at all. In fact, I would argue some things like the fact that it only has a small screen are almost like, feel like a bit of a piss take. Like you could, oh, come on. You couldn't really just stick on a bigger screen or something for the extra money. Well, the prime example is the handguards. They're yeah. just little lever guards. And then you have to buy inserts that clip in to make them into full handguards. So it's like you've you've pressed a piece of plastic. Did I say yeah. this on the last podcast? I, I think maybe I did. So. You've pressed a piece of plastic. Like you could have just, it wouldn't have, co- it probably cost like 20p more to yeah. make it big enough to cover your hands. But they've specifically made it so you have to clip some extras in. And they come with the heated grips as an accessory. So you have uh-huh. to pay 200 quid to get heated grips and the little handguards. And I couldn't see them on their own. So it's, yeah. it, it, it feels like 
that kind of like will take away stuff so that you have to buy so accessories. So you have to buy it, right, okay. So, so someone's been around with a little clipboard and been like, what can we compromise on? Let's just take away that. That'll save us 20p. And possibly. also they'll have to buy some accessories so the, and some The screen things. being low, I get it. it. The base model is more off-road focused. That's what they're trying to do now with the Africa Twin. The base one is stripped back, more like an off-roader. The low screen is like, if you um, get it all mucky off-road, you can't see through it. So a low screen is so that you can still have good visibility when you're off-roading. But like that's that's basically saying that it's entirely an off-roader. Like we're not going to put a big screen on because you're just going to off-road on it. And that's not true. Like if I wanted something that was purely out and out an off-road bike, I'd yeah. buy a small dirt bike because it's lighter of course. and easier to ride off-road. I've bought an Africa Twin. It's 1100 cc's. It's 220, 30 kilograms. The reason I've bought that is because I want to cover some miles before I get to the dirt roads, mm. probably. Or I wanted to want to do some um, motorway work as well as twisties and commuting, as well as a little bit of gravel riding or, or light off-roading. So I actually want something that can do both, and that's mm -hmm. probably something with a, a screen. Um, so I just felt like uh, maybe I was a bit disappointed at the spec. You know, the Tiger 900 for 13 grand for the top spec model you get crash bars, heated grips, heated seats front and rear, quick shifter, peripheral lights. The screen's adjustable. You can slam it down right. when you're off-roading, mm -hmm. single hand, mm -hmm. and then just pull it back up when you're on the motorway. And it's good enough. You can get a deflector as an accessory for the top, but like it's good enough to like do a bit of motorway riding. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that, that was kind of like maybe unfortunate that I'd ridden the, Af uh, the, the Tiger 900 pretty close before getting it and then kind of felt like I just wanted a few more goodies like some I don't know I mean no if you're spending that money you would want to yeah the I reason the reason price is a huge like we say for us for, for someone who's not really worried about that sort of money and can spend thousands and thousands of pounds on very expensive gear not a major consideration but if you're budget conscious or you're you can just about afford one then yeah, you want to get as much as you can for your money, don't you? It, it really depends on how many people are actually going to buy that base spec though and then like spec it up. But I just, yeah, my personally, my money would probably go on the, on the, on the pimped out Tiger 9 rather than the kind of accessory free yeah. completely. Um, uh, yeah, based um, Africa Twin. But I think the reason that it's ended up as such because there's a big price hike this time round, they increased obviously the capacity by 100 cc. Yeah, but it went up by one and a half grand. So it used to be 11.5. Right now it's 13 or mm -hmm. something to that effect. And I think there's a really specific reason for this. You sometimes in these podcast episodes, I go on these like theories. Remember when I was talking <laughs> about like the Boba TFC? Yeah, and it had carbon. Yeah, tips. I remember it. Yeah, here here's here's something of okay. that elk. <laughs> so I think the reason that it's priced like that is because there's a smaller Africa Twin coming. Okay. So the Africa Twin's always been in a weird middle ground. It mm -hmm. used to be a thousand cc's. So you had the Tiger 800 yeah. um, and bikes of that nature. And then 200 cc's bigger, you had the Africa Twin. And then 200 cc's bigger than that, you had the GS. Right. So, like, what's the Africa Twin in that world? It's not a middleweight and it's not a full size. It's this kind of, like, weird middle ground, right? The Tiger 800 has gone up to 900 cc's. This has gone up to 1100 and the GS is 1250 now. Right. So, actually, I think Honda, given that it's 200 cc's bigger than the Tiger, but 150 cc's smaller than the GS, I think they've priced it 
because it's closer in size and capacity and certainly adventure sport in capability to the GS, they're seeing it as... And the GS starts at 13 and a half grand with no spec. Fair enough. So I think that's what's happening there is they're like, this is a big adventure bike. It's a big tourer. It's a, you know, whereas a lot of people still think of it as a middleweight. Right. No, that makes sense. Yeah. But, but you'd still probably go for the Triumph, no? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 There you go. But then, um, yeah, I think uh, I've seen rumors that an 850 Africa Twins coming That up. makes sense. Honda also filed, filed a patent the other day. They've filed loads of patents. Recently. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. They're trying to throw people off stuff. You know, it's, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's something to talk about, Tim. No, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm just, I, I was only joking. We're not scraping the bottom of the barrel yet. I've got loads of patents to talk about. <laughs> the good thing about patents is probably nobody goes and checks. So I can say, oh, do you yeah. see that? Um, yeah, make one up. Yeah. And if it never happens, you just go, yeah, that one disappeared. They just haven't used it somewhere. Yeah. So what is this new patent that they filed? It was the 1100 Africa twin motor in okay. a naked sports bike. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. 100 horses. Punchy in it, that. I mean, where that fits cool. in their range, though, they've got the yeah, inline really know. four. After they go after certain CCs, they go for four cylinder Honda, most of theirs. CB1000. Yeah. And then you've got the CB650. Yeah. Why Why patent that? It's not even like an original idea. It's not an original idea, is it? A parallel no. twin 1100cc sports bike. Uh, no, it's not. Is it? Who else does that? Maybe it is. KTM do something similar. Is there's a, there's a parallel, isn't it? Is it a V-twin? No, well, their 890 is a parallel. And I think, what's their Super Duke? The 1200. That's a twin, but I don't know if it's a V-twin or a parallel. I'm going to Google it now. You talk about you something. go ahead. I'm still talking talk about Hondas, surely. Um, it's not, there's no way the Super Duke's a, it's a V-twin, isn't it? It's yeah. a twin, is it a V-twin? Yeah, yeah, there yeah, you yeah, yeah. Shows what I know. I don't actually There's really go into KTM very much. Yeah. <laughs> I know um, nothing about bikes. I don't. So maybe it is an original idea. And maybe they thought, well, let's pattern well, this. But uh, yeah, it's still interesting I mean, to like see I mean, like 1100 that. Twin isn't a brand new concept. The I mean, one, the Bonneville, the Bonneville's 1200 Twin. Yeah, it's true, true. But they don't do a sports bike like that. No, it's true. But yeah. Um, but then what even is that? The pattern? Pattern? I would be interested in it. Yeah. Let's not lie. I mean, it sounds, this, the noise on that Africa Twin is beautiful yeah it does the sound rip very good. when you rev that thing up mm. it's pa- raucous it's pa- nice part of that is that exhaust valve isn't yeah, it that opens up so but nice yeah it's really good so um that i mean yeah just to, to kind of wrap up i think it does feel expensive but i can kind of see what they're trying to do is sort of price it up there with the gs to yeah. open up potentially space for something that's a few grand cheaper that's in that middleweight and everyone at the moment is saying you know we want lighter adventure bikes and the Tenere 700 has been so successful. So it might seem like a good plan. Yeah, it makes sense to me. If I was going off-road, I would want something lighter. As someone who's not that comfortable with it, I would want something that feels a bit more manageable, definitely. I don't know whether I don't know whether the uh, Africa Twin sells a huge... It'd be interesting to look at the figures between that and, say, the uh, the GS or the Tiger and oh, just yeah. see it which one sells near. more. It won't get near But I don't the think they sell... Because I always thought, because it's such a kind of um, time-tested bike... In my mind, I always just assume that it, it works well within its bracket and that they sell loads of them, but maybe they don't. Well, maybe the GS will have its day eventually. No? It's got a hell of a legacy though now, isn't it? Yeah, I just, yeah. But I, I don't think any bike gets close to the 1200 or 1250 GS in, tels, in, in terms of sales in Anyone Europe, who anyway. likes that kind of bike would say the same. Yeah, generally. for sure. So that was the Africa Twin. Then and you then- went on to... 
when I dropped that off, actually, interestingly, as I said, you know, I'm, when I'm up there, I'm um, trying to think of like, well, what can I film or what bike can I get next? And I saw that Guy Willison, who is of, um, I think it's called the Motorcycle Show. Motorcycle Show, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, with Henry Colt of the Motorcycle Show fame. Uh, he's built, he's started his own custom company called 5.4. They've um, started building, well, when I say they, the company, it's just him that's building them, which I think is really cool. <laughs> it is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, he's building a run of 54, I think, um, CB1100 specials mm. in this really nice red paint job with custom made uh, aluminium bodywork. Yeah. And then he gets a Alcantara leather saddle upholstered by it. So it's all these mates doing this stuff, by the way. Like all oh, these yeah, contacts around the, around the UK. So it's all done in the UK. Um, and it's it's a lovely bike to look at. It's one of my favourites. The red one recently. we've seen, we've mentioned that one time previously, I think. Right. right. Yeah. Anyway, custom. he was building it there in one of the um, warehouses. And uh, yeah, I went up and, and kind of had a look at that. And I was like, can I film you? Like interview you? Sort of. mm. Well, I asked actually, he wasn't there the first time I went. I, said, I emailed, said, can I film a guy sort of about the build? Because I just couldn't believe it. They're all lined up yeah. there and all kind of in, in various states of completion. Cool. And, and so, yeah, I made a video with him. It, he was amazing as well. He was so um, accommodating for the filming. Uh, I don't know if that's because he's done a bit of like TV stuff. So he's yeah, used to he's it. A bit. But obviously, I keep it very quick doing yeah. YouTube stuff. There's no point in going into kind of um, yeah. spending all day on it because uh, it doesn't need to be that it's kind of production quality. Yeah, but he was great, honestly, and and, nice. and also just really friendly, um, chatty guy as well. So, but what really impressed me was he's put in so much effort into each one. When he talks through the details, you know, he's trying to get like a production quality finish on it. Mm -hmm. um, while still making it distinctive and custom. I think that's kind of how I rounded off my video anyway, was like that that's what I took away from it. You know, he's really hand-making to a really high standard all of these little bits and bobs for it. So, yeah, yeah it, it was a, a great little um, few hours that I spent filming that. And then I picked up the CB1000R, which is the bike that's in the garage that you just saw when we got in here. Couldn't miss it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this, it's got a bit of a background, this one. So the Silverstone Classic is, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Silverstone has a race every year where um, it's just, well, it's not really a race. I think it's more of an exhibition type thing. It's like a where they, they, they probably, would you say that a former GP rider or a former professional car racing driver could ever really do an exhibition race? Do you think they're always pushing it? Yeah, oh, come on. Yeah, definitely. Once the, once definitely. The, once the lights go, yeah. Then There's they're no probably... way you can get that out of your system. But the Race of Legends, GP Race of Legends, I think it's mm. called, um, is, is the motorcycle part of the Silverstone Classic. Sure. And they um, put out three bikes. I can't remember for the life of me who rode them now. So, Freddie Spencer was one of them. Let's say he was one Wayne. of them. Wayne... <laughs> Huh? Let's say he was the one on yours. <laughs> oh, Freddie uh, was on that one. I've That's Freddie's bike. I've got to look it up while I while I tell you about it. But anyway, they built three of these um, these CB one thousand Rs. There's not a great deal changed on it, apart from that it's no. got an Akropovich full system. It's proper loud. I haven't started it up for you because it would deafen us. No, well, in your confined garage space, yeah, I think it probably would uh, and annoy your neighbours no end. But it's also got the custom paint. Scheme to which I thought was a livery yeah. actually. When you showed me the photos, I was like, Oh, someone slapped some stickers on it. Nope, yeah. that is the finish. That no, the it's really nicely painted. So I've just found it here Freddie Spencer, Wayne Gardner, and Raymond Roche all rode. Well, I don't know who rode this one, but mm. they all rode, you know, the, the three bikes. Um, they the three of them signed one of the bikes, 
which is a shame. Oh, that's probably gone on display. It's a shame they didn't Must sign be, the yeah. one they wrote. Yeah. Because um, it'd be cool to know, like you say, who wrote this one. But anyway, apparently, uh, Wayne Gardner asked um, Honda to make it look like the sort of 70s, 80s um, sports bikes from America. Yeah. Um, so that's why he kind of painted it in that scheme. It was actually, I've got it down here somewhere. Yeah, the Honda racing division did the paintwork for them. Um, so it looks cracking. There's nice not, red, white, and blue. Very. Uh, it's got some sliders on it yeah. and stuff in case. And I think it's yeah. got the uh, wheel nut on the on the rear. Foot. It does. But yeah, otherwise it's a stock. So they put the lights and indicators back on it and the plate holder, and then have it as a press bike. But apparently, when people want a CB 1000R to review, probably mm. if you've got a magazine or whatever, um, you want the production model. You don't want one with, with like GP stickers. So no. apparently, you know, it's it's like. <laughs> Well, I've got it for a month, which is longer than normal because yeah. it's not had massive uptake in people wanting to ride that specific one. Mm -hmm. Interesting to me, I was just like, I'll have that one. Yeah. I think from from a, a magazine perspective or looking professional, like yeah. reviewing a bike, it's not ideal. From a social media perspective, yeah. it's like, I'll have the really loud one, yeah, both course. in terms of volume and paint job. <laughs> uh, and, and, and it's got a bit of a story. So um, yeah, it's a really Sweet. nice bike. I'll definitely be making some videos with that. It is, like you say, ridiculous. Yeah, it would annoy my neighbours and my wife. Um, in fact, when I first arrived on it... There's something about a buzz from a four-cylinder as well. Yeah. I don't know. <coughs> in fact, I live on a, a... The street sort of like has a slight incline. Quite often I just kill the kill the engine at the top and free oh, just coast it free wheel free wheel down, yeah. Well, you've got babies, I understand. Not wanting to wake yeah, people exactly. up against the house. But um, yeah, it, it, it's a cracking bike. I think the thing that strikes me about it is just like, the ride is quite supple. I was surprised at how mm. comfy it is. It just soaks up the bumps. Doing the FTR test ride the other day, that's quite a firm bike. Yeah, very. This, there's some people who criticise it, the CB1000R, for being too soft and I think supple. that's something for Honda in general. I've heard it on a few bikes where they're like, it's a bit soft, it's a bit of a couch. I think it never really bugs me. It, it depends what you use it for. Mm. If you genuinely track day it and that kind of thing, which you probably could with that bike, um, yeah. then potentially you might want to firm it up so mm. i've seen some owners on forums say that they have replaced the shock with something firmer but that what i like about it is it's a fireblade engine it's the it's the 06 to 18 yes. um, fireblade engine tuned down for a bit more torque mm. they've replaced the throttle with a ride by wire and um i like that a really kind of like revy amazingly fast engine yeah with wide bars and a comfy ride it's just like a great package you've even you? i have yeah and I, I if i was comparing it to outside so i tried the katana as well and i was expecting when i went on the katana from suzuki to, for yeah. it to be similar to that you know inline four cylinder thousand cc's i was like they're going to be some sort of crossover there i think i preferred the honda engine actually um the only thing i noticed on the one i took out was that it was quite buzzy higher did you in the pegs, yeah, weirdly. I just, there was a hell of a sort I found of that with the FTR feedback. the other day. And then, I, I mm. like, no one else seems to find that. But the seat, I found the seat really buzzy at, like, 4,000 revs on the motorway. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was just like, oh, my goodness. It felt like like it was tickling. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, I was no. like, I wanted to stand up off well, the seat. so that one was... But no one else seems to find that. Pegs. No, so it's, weird. it's weird, yeah. That one was in the pegs. The Katana that I took out, was it was in the seat, same thing. It was hmm. like, that's off-putting. Hmm. Um, whereas this one was just in the feet, and I think maybe in the handlebars. But I did find a, a, a bit of a buzz to it when you get up high. CB1000R really is not, way better looking than the Katana. That oh. just doesn't... <laughs> it, it doesn't do it for me at all, that. Yeah, I mean, but if, this if, is if there's an ugly bike contest, then the Katana has to be... Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> at least nominated. I, I can see the nostalgia for some people, but yeah, I, they, I get I, it. But the, you know, probably not in these colours to own it. This bike, it's it's a great thing to look at it's for fun. Such a pretty bike, it's but a yeah, nice bike. in black, yeah. they just look mean and yeah. stealthy. And, and is, is that the um that is the the how does I say the high high spec one? There's one they do with the C plus, right? The plus, yeah. Sorry, that's yeah. The, that's the so it comes with extra. a quick shifter. Oh. Excellent reminder of what I was also going to say. So yeah, it comes with heated grips, quick shifter, and then maybe the seat cowl as well. I don't know. Yeah, this is, yeah. That was the, the quick shifter is because... the best quick shifter I've ever used. Really? Yes, hands down. Because ah. Honda gearboxes are good already. Yeah, yeah. Like really good. I like them. Crisp and like precise. So what are the bikes of you? Are we comparing that to for, for? You've tried a few, right? Recent memory, obviously the Tiger 900 launch. They had the quick shifters because yeah. they had the, both the top spec bikes. Mm -hmm. It felt good. It's a really good quick shift on the Triumph, but there's a little bit of um, resistance, which you'd expect, right? Um, I just felt like after a whole day of riding it, 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 you know, it's not like heavy weight to move, but I just felt I could feel it after a while. I was to like, me, oh, when it doesn't feel when it feels a bit notchy, it's like you know you can quick shift if you just get the revs right. Exactly, right? it feels you, like that. Yeah, it feels like you're doing that with the. Quick That's shift. exactly some it. of them. Some That's exactly like. it. That's what the Triumph so that one like. doesn't feel like that. No, I see. Okay, it doesn't feel at all. It just feels like so you it can't was even built to quick it. shift. Yeah. It's perfect. Cool. I think I'd, I'd say it's perfect. The other the other ones I've tried is like MV Gusta as well. Those mm. need a little bit of revs. I thought a bit more revs than they smooth. Some out. of them, yeah. There's a little sort of trick to it. But again, if it's if it's a quick shift and it feels like that, it's almost you kind of like well, you can do that on most bikes if you just get the revs right and get the weight off the engine. You could argue as well. You might be using the clutch around town to smooth it out, and it's mm. when you pick up the pace and the revs are up that that's when you need a quick shifter. Of course. But this you can just use it anywhere. The the Triumph you can use it anywhere. You can use it at low revs as well. It's mm -hmm. great. But but this just feels extra smooth. It's, nice. it's really good. I like it a lot. Yeah. I would own one in a heartbeat. So that's the, yeah, I, I would as well. I mean, I've got the street twin. I've been doing work on it in the garage and it's really hard not to get bored of your own bike, especially when you're out yeah. demoing other bikes. But the CB1000i, I'm like, oh, that's a cracking bike. <laughs> it's really They're good. good deals the moment, Rob. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. We just had the arrival of our second baby. So I'll keep, okay. well, I, I, I'm really looking forward to getting out on the street twin anyway, when I've finished sort of fixing it up. So, um, yeah, and it, it probably makes more sense as a town bike. The problem with something like the CB1000R is I commute across London. There's always the temptation to give it a bit of gas and then like you're in trouble. So mm. um, sometimes it's better just to have the right tool for the job sure. and the street twin's fine for around town. Anyway, speaking of which, the other Honda that I've got coming that's been delivered because they've got a bit of a tight schedule to get it for me and then, and then get it back is something we've talked about before, the XADB. Oh, yeah. The 750 scooter with a dual clutch transmission DCT gearbox um, but also like the styling and some of the spec of like an Africa twin and what garish colour scheme are they sending you that in hopefully the red <laughs> and white and black one it's an adventure scooter oh, no, I'm joking uh, um, so I said to them I was like this like is the most interesting bike in their range because it doesn't make any sense it's a scooter it's got the DCT it's yeah. 750cc that's way too big for a scooter yeah. but also like it literally has like spoked wheels the ones that lace to the edge oh yeah it I looks mean, like a cue the inappropriately sort of forceful comments about not riding scooters now for your channel oh I, yeah i'll guarantee whenever i went on like the electric scooter and the amount of comments were like don't ride a scooter i'm like i'll do whatever i want then. <laughs> you don't have to watch the video is it even a scooter though when it gets to 750 and all that it's 
Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's automatic. But I can't wait You'll to get it. You'll find out from the comments, no doubt. It, it's such a weird hodgepodge. Yeah, it looks. I can't wait. To, I would love to have a go on one. Mm. I would love to borrow one myself. Right. Um, and I would be curious if you managed to. Yeah, thank you. If you managed to actually get that thing off road a little bit just to see what it's like. I'm definitely going to gonna right? do that. I'm to. definitely going to do that. Go and find them puddles again. Yeah. Like oh, a boat, God. you'll just coast across them. Um, but it, I think what I wanted, the reason I. It's not an obvious choice for a bike to ask for as a press bike, but it's just literally like it's one of the best selling bikes in Europe. In Italy, they yeah. sell so there must I be think something. They said they like sold four thousand units or something in Italy last year. Yeah. And the funny thing is, when they mentioned that to me, I was like, oh yeah, and sort of stored that information in my brain. And then I thought, I wonder if there are many owners groups. Before I ride it, maybe I'm going to say yeah. like, ask on owners groups on Facebook, like, what made you buy it? I'm making a video. Here's a bit of research. So I put XADV into Facebook mm. and there was like XADV Italia, like probably three, four groups um, there in like, I think it was either Thailand or like Indonesia, those kinds of places. Yeah, it makes sense. But yeah, Italy, it's really popular, but they don't sell that many here. It's so funny because no. they were like, we, we, we had one on the press fleet, but no one wanted it. So then we got rid of it and they were like, we'll try and get one for you. And then they got one nice. and then they were like, ah, someone else wants it as well now. But that's the thing. You're same as me. You go for the bikes that intrigue. There has to be something intriguing about it, right? There's yeah. something. Oh, this is the most intriguing thing I've ever seen. Yeah. But there has to be something. So if anyone, you know, comments and sort of like, why are you riding that thing? Why wouldn't you have a go on that thing? Oh, of course. So I can't wait for that. I'm absolutely dying to ride it. I mean, it is the N, is it the N, uh, NC750? Yes. It's based on that motor and, and DCT that. gearbox. Oh, I didn't try it with that. the automatic. I tried it as just a standard and it was okay. Yeah. It was all right. So that's, um, yeah, that's me and Honda at the moment. They've been great to work with. Mm. And I've heard that from other people actually as well. Brilliant, yeah. Um, and yeah, we've been getting some good videos out of it. I've still got, I mean... I just published the Goldwing one because of the arrival of the baby. I haven't been editing. I've just been out because the bikes have got to go back. I just get the footage when I've got Story. time. And then, yeah, just get the videos out. So there's still some Africa Twin videos to come. Then I'll have the XADV whilst I've got the CB1000, but that's going back sooner. So then it'll be the CB1000 that I move on to uh, after that. But what a time to be alive. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. The only thing that's kind of sad is like with the virus, I'm not commuting. So I'm not getting those miles in. Yeah, I didn't even, I, that's what I was thinking as well. And I just didn't want to use the word. I'm not dropping the C-bomb. Well, <laughs> it's like for the XADV, I would have liked to have done a lot of commuting on that. Because that's yeah, You can probably find an excuse appeals. to go through town. You can find. True. You can go the right. But I think what I'll be limited to now is is like when I get a bit of time. Pop to the shops. Yeah. Stick um, some stuff in it. Or just get up early and, and get out into Kent on it or, yeah. or uh, at the weekends. But yeah, a lot of bikes to ride. It's a lot of fun. Hmm. So what other motorcycle news has there been, Tim? I think, uh, well, we've had all the Norton stuff, but I think that's kind of passed us by. Thankfully. It has also. I think we're still waiting a little bit on information on that. Because yeah. I was speaking to, um, to Paul from Crazy Horse, actually, and they used to have some connection with him and even he didn't know kind of thing he's like mm, it's up in the air some of the most interesting stuff I've read is by uh, John at Superbike uh, yeah he's, he's still mm. uh, he used to be a mag right but he still runs it as a blog and he's been publishing these really long um, oh yeah articles about it if you get a chance to read those they're brilliant I might do because he, super he'll know obviously the insights into it exactly the other thing is uh, one that you flagged up was the the bat bike yeah read it's because I'm a head. massive nerd it's yeah. ugly head yes it really is ugly head actually <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know whether I think it looks that good. So was it Glasgow where they were filming the new Batman movie? It was in Scotland. I think it was Glasgow, yeah. And uh, and then, yeah, some some and sort of um, photos leaked of it. There's some photos and there is also a video of the stunt rider falling on his ass. Because well, it, it does look a little bit ungainly, the bike. So there's, there's a few contributing factors to the fact that this stunt guy... I mean, firstly... I don't know if it was for the shot. I didn't know if they were meaning to. And then I watched it, it back a few times. I was like, no. That's it looks like he was just... Oh no! Yeah, I think he just couldn't stop it because it's super heavy. But it looked like they, um, it looked like they were just riding back to the to the trailer or something. It didn't really look like a scene because they weren't going very quick. They'd wait for True. a dry day. Uh, the, the the so on the Tiger Nine Hundred trip, the stunt guys from the Bond movie, which has been delayed now, uh, yeah. were there as some of the riders because they used the Tiger Nine Hundred in, yeah. in the Bond film. Um, they can ride like they can seriously ride like it was crazy. Watching them ride on the sand. Because they're I all bet, motocross I riders. they can, though. I mean, if you've seen the clip, right? The, I mean, the, the most epic stunt in the Bond film, I say that. I don't I haven't seen it yet, but I'm assuming the bit where he ramps it up them stairs. Yeah, yeah, That looks incredible. That's insane. You, yeah. you have to be able to ride to be able to do that. That is insane. And they've all come from this, like, yeah, racing motocross. The, the kind of general story for these guys is, like, racing motocross. Someone says, oh, can you come and do this film? And then you just don't look back sort of thing. Yeah. One job comes after the next, and then you mm-hmm. learn to fight, and then you learn to kind of uh, choreograph fight scenes, and then you end up being a stunt supervisor by the way there's a helicopter going over you hear that that's probably a chinook that we get them going over all the time i can hear it it's glad loud <laughs> quite close to um yeah, yeah so, they, so they can they can they can really really ride i mean i was super impressed by the the guys from the triumph adventure center as well who were former racers i think yeah. some of them um you know watching them ride there so what i'm trying to say is i doubt it was somebody who a doesn't know how to handle a bike that would well, crash it like that the other thing, though, is that watching the bike, I saw that I've seen a video of it um, from I think like the Glasgow Press or something like that, where he's he is just driving it back to the trailer again around the same sort of area, and he's doing this little tippy toe hop thing, and he nearly sort of edges it and drops it because it looks like the most sort of bonkers build. It's it's not built for practicality in it's any way, shape, or form. It's a prop, yeah. So using it, it doesn't handle like a bike should. Unlike with the Bond one, where doing those kind of stunts. They modify it to aid them in the stunts mm. to make sure that it is capable of doing what it needs to. This one is just there to look good. So what happens on the crash video is basically he's coming down a gradual hill that's got a slight curve in it. It looks like cobbles or something. It's well. cobbles yeah. and it's wet. <laughs> yeah. It's a big bike. It's got looks like a really long wheelbase. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just that he thinks he's gonna hit the curb, because mm. it is kind of curving around to the left slightly. But it, what happens is the back starts snaking, doesn't it? And it starts yeah. to come out. And then eventually he just kind of like high sides off, doesn't just he? It's not it. very like Rolls. spectacular, is it? It's not going that fast. Oh, no, but I can imagine that would upset some people. Imagine I trying mean, to, if you scuff it and you're like, we've got to use that in the next The worst shop. thing is he's wearing a Batman suit as well. Like, <laughs> it's that makes it look it? worse. No one likes to pull up at the petrol station and drop their bike. It's embarrassing for everyone. Mm. But if you do that on set with everyone with their camera phones out, that's worse. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if he just kind of, it just seems unlikely to me that someone with a lot of experience would lock the back up like that. But m- there must have been something out of shot that he was riding towards that he was really <laughs> yeah. trying to stop for. It was a, there was a rabbit just ran on and he was, well, I was, thinking he was more so like compassionate. A, a, catering, a catering truck and he was well, about that. to go into a stall of like I was hot make tea, him a hero. like a tea urn. <laughs> no, I was trying to make him a hero and he was saving either a rabbit oh, or maybe okay. a puppy. Maybe yeah. a puppy's more, got some more weight to it. But, the, but no, the, the bike, bike yeah, is... Oh, what is I, it? 
You put it on the Facebook no group. One knows. Like, yeah, no one on the group knows. I've not plugged the group yet. For anyone who's listening that doesn't normally listen, mm. aka you're new, and uh, you want to get involved with like some of these chats about the stuff we talk about, um, go to Facebook and search for the Full Tank Motorcycle Podcast. And we've got a little private group. Ask to join. We pretty much accept everybody. And uh, yeah, then you can kind of chip in. And we posted the, well, you so, yeah, posted I posted, the picture of it. I posted some pictures. I was just wondering what everyone sort of thought it was. I've got my own theories on what I think it might be an amalgamation of, because I don't think it's any one bike necessarily. It looks like a bit of a Frankenstein. If you look Frank like and the bike. S- Frank and bike, yeah. Bikenstein. Yeah. Bike uh, and bike. <laughs> oh, no way. It wouldn't be a Frankenstein, would it? Because that would be the doctor. So the maker of this bike. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the swing arm is is huge. And from what I can tell from the engine, it looks like a it, it looks like either a four cylinder, right, a legit four cylinder in a box formation, so mm. transverse kind of laid down box, like a flat four cylinder, yeah. like a Honda Goldwing, for example. It's not there, engine, is it? But I don't think it is. So because that was the, the old Goldwing is, that was four cylinders. Yeah, it's six on the new one. Yeah, what's so the engine? Is it? Do you think it's a BMW K? K, yeah, exactly. That's the other theory for well, for my mindset anyway. Um, or it's got two fake exhausts on it. And it's actually just a twin. They already have an R9T, which is Catwoman's bike. So maybe they've just got two R9Ts and they have bastardized one of them into turning it into whatever it is. But yeah, maybe it is a K instead. Hmm. Okay. Who knows? Engine-wise, the rest of the bike, you form your own opinions. It looks like it's completely bespoke, one-off. It has a fairing on it, like a cafe racer fairing. On the front, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's where fairings always are. Batwing kind of thing. No, I mean on the headlight though, like a bikini fairing. Yes. And uh, yeah, it, it it looks like, you know, a normal sports bike would have like a U shape and then it would have a bubble of screen there. Yeah. But it has no screen, does it? It just has these two points yeah. pointing towards the rider. Yeah. He's lucky when he dropped it, he didn't impale himself. <laughs> yeah, no, he really could do. That's pretty sharp. But then he's wearing body armor. So, and he is Batman. Mm-hmm. So he can probably take it. But then you put on the group, um, if uh, you were going to choose a bat bike, what, what would it be? And there was yeah. a few answers in there. There were. Somebody said a stock diavel. Can't argue with that. I think I'd go with something like that. Yeah. Someone said a Triumph... Um, Rocket 3? Can I not? Yep, yeah, Rocket 3. Doesn't look quite Batman-y yeah. enough. It has something about it. Like, it. It's long. It's got big, chunky wheels. Like, the bat bikes are always... They're modded in that way. They make them much bigger and longer and put, yeah, big wheels yeah. on them and stuff. Um, it needs to be quick though doesn't it if you're going for a rocket that thing is mm. a rocket yes nicely, <laughs> nicely put Tim as always poetic as ever someone said an MV Agusta nah Would too flashy not? too flashy yeah, a bit flashy it, I think if it was like it needs to be black Bruce Wayne would drive an MV Agusta mm. it'd be in his garage he'd have loads yeah maybe but Batman wouldn't Batman wouldn't it's got to be more industrial looking and blacked out and that's why like something like the, the mo- when you go to the bike shed show and you see those custom K's where it's like yeah. everything's been stripped away but it's just got that really squared off kind of industrial looking engine well that's what a lot of think of what this Batman is I mean the, the custom car as well because they leaked that recently as well and that looks um, it basically looks like Batman is, is building stuff it looks pretty raw okay as opposed to the sort of polished old school where right. he's got like an, an arms yeah. manufacturer making his stuff industrial this one looks like literally Batman has an oily rag and a spanner and he's making his own vehicles because he starts actually off there's another shot of him earlier in the film on a on a Brat CB750 I think it was mm. so 
obviously the origin of his story, wherever they're sort of leading this with, he must start off on that or at least have it at some point. And obviously the bat bike is, is it looks like something he's just literally just battered himself, got some <laughs> aluminium in. So it's funny you should say it. that because like there's a weird subculture for Batmanifying vehicles, isn't there? Have you ever yeah. noticed this? Yeah, sometimes. So I, saw like, a hard, I think I saw like a V-Rod that someone had done it to or something. This is it. <laughs> Everybody's seen yeah. some Batman vehicle. Two that spring to mind for me. One was a um, 12, no, like an 1150 GS, okay. like the old one. And they sprayed everything black. Right. They put a grey matte vinyl wrap on the tank. Mm. And then they put the Batman logos where the BMW logos would be, like some round ones they had made. Mm. That just seemed weird to me. Like the GS. I, it doesn't sound like it would be a great choice. It wasn't good. I, I saw it and I was like, <laughs> nah, why have you yeah. done that? It just, I just, I associate the GS with being like an older, um, and just because yeah. of the price and like the, the kind of lifestyle of it. And then I just thought like, no, how could I be like 50? <laughs> and I go down to the BMW dealer yeah. and I put like what, at least 13 grand now on a BMW, on a GS. I bring it home. And then I spray it black and I put some Batman logos and like paint the tank gray. And then like I said to my wife, have you seen my new bike? <laughs> I've, uh, I've Batmanified it. I've put, yeah. I got a rattle can out. Yeah, Sprayed well, I just it, wanted to look like Batman's bike. And then she put, but you're 50. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you saying? You're not Batman. Yeah, well, just like... It, did you see the guy on it? Look, I'm totally Did fine. Did he look ripped? <laughs> no, I didn't see him. But I'm totally fine with like um, a teenager or maybe that's a push. Like an eight-year-old has a has a little <laughs> push bike and they get some paint and okay. then they put some Batman stickers on it. You see what I'm saying? Fine. Like teenagers that's fine. That. Yeah. But to go and buy a GS as a fully grown adult. Another True. story I heard as well is that Crazy <laughs> Horse, someone yeah. bought one of those three-wheelers that Polaris make that are kind of like oh, yeah, slingshot. Yeah. Uh -huh. Batmanified that. Uh, he's like, yeah, I've even put guns on it and sent a picture to them. Wow. Uh, and like pointing out of the little vents on the front or something, there was some like Nerf guns that he'd spray painted like the right <laughs> colour, like red or whatever they were on the original Batmobile. That's, I mean, that's cool. What's wrong with that? Oh, I don't know. I just didn't get it. Up, Rob. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> As resident I, nerd, I'm going to... No, I'm not going to fight for that corner. They, Yeah, it's weird. I just, it's a lot of money to spend on something and then modify it. And then, you know, if you ever have to sell it or do something with it. But why is this Batman obsession still still kind of... Because Batman's cool. But when you're a bit older, do you think it's because Pete, like Batman was like... Everyone wants a Batmobile when they're a kid. I and you know, get to be an adult and you've got the money to have it. Although I wouldn't say a GS was the Batmobile. Um, it's, it's a good bike, don't get me wrong, but it is not the Batman bike. It needs to be low and sleek and fast looking. It does not need to be an adventure touring bike. Batman doesn't really care about mileage, does he? The thing is, <laughs> the thing is, like people buy bikes a lot of the time because they want to look a certain way. Like, there's no point in buying a sports bike in the UK, really, like a liter bike, because there's barely any. Um, for me, anyway, there's there's barely any roads you can use it on. But I still don't mind that people buy them yeah. because it's like. It's it's a little bit of like most of their own completely. Yeah, it's like it's yeah. it probably want to say something about themselves. Most people who buy adventure bikes probably don't get to do that much adventure riding, but it's like they want to show they're adventurous, I suppose, and they want to know what, that they could if what, they ever needed to. What would somebody who's done a Batman conversion on a bike? That they want to fight crime, or that <laughs> prove that they could fight crime if they decided they wanted. I don't to. get it. I don't get it, mate. Try Batman my <laughs> well, this street is probably twin. a bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes, you should. Mm. Stick some wings on it. 
Um, <laughs> I just thought back to another another vote or thread you created on the group, which was which ten. Yeah. Uh, no, was it which bike would you say you had to ten ride? Ten bikes with? that you think everyone should ride or experience. But, but you, but you didn't ask people to list ten. You asked them to contribute one. Or did you ask? No, them? I said ten. What? And everyone wrote ten. A lot of them did. So here's the post: ten bikes you should ride before you die. Only bike bobs actually replied with ten. No, no, someone else did. Wait, Jim. there's at least two. Oh no, yeah. There you go. There we go. Adam did as well. So let's have a look at these. Ten's a lot to ask of people, Tim. It is, but actually, if you tried to list ten, so you, well, basically, this is ten bikes that you think everyone should have experienced or ridden. Not necessarily own, just ten bikes that it would be good to have tried. If you've got a great big garage, then obviously you'd own more than ten. You'd have a fleet. Um, but I just gave an example of mine, and some people have given theirs. Some people actually... Is this yours? This this is broadly speaking Let's have a at look the moment at this first, what I mate. could, Let's what have I a could look think of. I, I think a lot of this stuff passed me by because we, we were having the baby and then I've been hectic ever since. That's fair. When did you do this? Th this was yesterday. Yeah. Okay, well, I was busy yesterday as well. <laughs> um, Tim, you've gone, well... <laughs> have, you, I mean, you have to stick a motor gets you okay, in there. I, okay. I have to stick a motor uh, gets you in there. I feel like I'm... I've got so many questions already and I haven't even started, mate. Uh, monkey bike. I feel like everyone should have tried a 125. That is a funny bike. It's either that or you do the Grom. Why uh, not the original monkey bike? That's just a picture I could find. Okay, but yeah. <laughs> but I think a Honda Monkey is a decent shout. I think it is. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not criticizing yeah. that. Uh, Motor Gutsy V7. I had to stick a Motor Gutsy in there. Cause Why not the Grise? Nobody should <laughs> Nobody on this planet. That thing shouldn't exist. No. Um, the V7 is a good starter. Could because, right? And I could have stuck something like the Bonneville in there or the Street Twin. And this is these are really a lot of these are new bikes, fairly modern anyway. Um, so the the V7 are stuck in there as you want something that's got a bit of character, a bit of old school charm to it. You want a transverse V twin, something with a bit of shake to it. Um, I just think it's a good one to go for and it's a good starter bike it's got a lot of charm to it suits a lot of situations that's just my choice uh, the yeah. next one was the Harley I think everyone should have tried a Harley this isn't you should own it but everyone should have tried a Harley yeah you should go and have a ride on one yeah, give it a I, go. I agree with that and the Sportster is kind of the most obvious and sort of most common go for 1200 rather than the 883 personally fine then you've got an off-road bike. CRF 250 is just what I could think of for that. But I know there's quite a few Yamahas. In fact, they were mentioned, I think, on there as well. Yeah. But I think you should try an off-road bike at some point in your life. I don't have any problem with Oh, yeah? We're still okay these. so far? GS? Yeah. We'd agree with that, right? If you want one of those types of bikes, that's pretty much the daddy. Yeah. Top yeah. dog. Also, it also covers off um, um, Boxer Twain. Yeah, exactly, right? So, yeah, we're getting a bit of a spread here. Monster, I just think... Out of the bikes that I've ridden, out of the bikes that I've owned and our family have owned, my brother's Monster S2R is the bike that i still felt, got it? And he still does have it, yeah. Is the bike that I've felt the quickest uh, or comfortable the quickest and the most comfortable on. And I think they handle really well. And I think everyone should have tried a Ducati at some point. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's fairly obvious. Street Triple, got to put a three cylinder in there. Ducati, not Ducati. Ducati. I get so much stick uh, for that. I said Ducati. Ducati. Yeah. Ducati. Um, Triumph Street Triple. Yeah, I mean... you got to try triple. It's the, and, and that's the kind of, like... That covers off as well, like... Although you've got the monster, that that is the... The street triple's the the naked that everyone recommends, so... Yeah, right. And even if you... So the reason I'd put that in there is because I'm not saying you should own one of those bikes, but you need to try it. And if you want to try it, try the neutral sort of middle ground 
three-cylinder, and then you can go more extreme like an MV Agusta or something like that. If you decide you really like it, but you want something a bit more raucous, you can take it to the extreme. The next one I put in there was a Fireblade. Got to have a sports bike in there somewhere. You got three! Yeah, I'm not sure about the bottom row, if I'm perfectly honest with you. I thought sports bikes, I know the Jixxer 750 is supposed to be sweet middle ground for performance and weight. That's why I stuck that one in there, because it's, um, I think it was known as a Widowmaker when it first came out, which mm. is probably not a great reason to try it, but basically it is really, really fast. Um, and yeah, the Fireblade, you can substitute that for blade. anything. Yeah, substitute for any sports bike, but a 1,000cc sports bike, I think you should try a big boy at some point. And then a V4, so four-cylinder, and it's a touring bike, VFR. Hmm. Stick it in there. So you haven't got any, like, big, like, Goldwing-type bikes or, or, like, Road Glide or... Yeah, because I could only fit 10. I know. I, I, and because I don't know whether you need... If I was saying what you need to ride, I don't think that would be on my list because if you're trying a cruiser, you know... Same with the Street Triple where you try a three-cylinder and you can take it to a more extreme version. You can go for a cruiser. If you like the cruiser, then you can take that to its logical extreme. I think it's excellent. Yeah? I think it's really good, Tim. Oh, thanks. But um, I probably would swap Yeah. Um, one of the... the Either the Fireblade or the, or the GSX for... Um, yeah, like a... Pro like the Goldwing or something. I know I always bang on about it at the moment because I had it for a couple of weeks, but like, it was brilliant. And like, just to be sat on the motorway and feel like you're in your living room. There's no other bike. Or <laughs> genre of bike that's going to feel like that. No, there isn't. Okay, Adam Rule commented with, um, yeah, his 10 bikes. So uh, this is interesting because I actually thought when you said someone's got to try Ducati, I thought you might say 916. Because uh, it's like iconic, but it's true. No, it's true. But so he's got that in there. But let me let me rattle these off. Any 1970s moped like an AP50, um, Yamaha RD 250LC or 350LC, VFR 800, Yamaha R1, uh, Kawasaki GPZ900R, Suzuki Bandit 1200, the GPZ, brilliant choice. Yeah, Top Gun, Yamaha MT10, uh, Twin OV4. MT10's a good choice too. So he's, I mean, he's got two V4s in VFR 800 as well. Yeah, no. Street Triple, ah, Street Triple's going to be in everyone's top 10, isn't it, probably? And then, yeah, the, the 916. I mean, that's a solid list. It's a bit more sporty than yours. There's no monkey bike. What I'm seeing here is like, yeah, more fared bikes. You know, R1, 916, Yeah. Uh, VFR. Is the GPZ's got a little... Fairing, hasn't it? Some Tiny bit. Yeah, it does, yeah. Old school. These are a bit more performant than yours. You've gone for a little bit of novelty with the... Yeah, try um, every flavour. You know, like joke bikes like the uh, V7 and the monkey. <laughs> <laughs> and the monkey. Nice. I was waiting for that one. Um, and the sports that, you know, and, and an off-roader. Yeah. Um, but I see also, you know, he's he's got the retro bikes, the, the, the two at the top there. Yeah. But yeah, definitely more of a sports flavour there. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, Jim Ma said that he'd like to own one of every engine configuration yeah. in his life. And I agree with that too. I think it would be nice to own it. It'd definitely nice to at least try them. And as I said, my brother has just bought himself a VFR mm. 800, so I'll soon tick off the V4 element, although it's a very specific V4. Can you see there? Are you okay? I can't see anything. I just said <laughs> I can't see anything. Uh, single? Fair yeah. play. That's easy to get hold of a single. Probably yeah. like it would be a dirt bike or something. Twin, parallel twin, V twin, V4. Yeah. Inline four, yeah. cross plane inline four, so like the R1, they do sound amazing. Yeah, the MT10 was really nice when I tried that. And then you've got your boxer twin. Something with a bit of shake to it. So either the BMW or 
you could argue, yeah, you've got your, um, your motorguzzis with the transverse. It's kind of similar. Is it Ural or do you say Ural? Ural? Oh, Ural. They use yeah. the, um, you know, if you, it's actually interesting if you look at back at the history of why they use that um, Boxer Twin. It was after the war, I think, mm. um, that they was shared that engine. On with, they shared the engine with BMW, but then started building their own, something like that. Uh, flat six on the gold wing, flat four. Oh, can't yeah. get them anymore. Oh, what other weird? There are some road tree motorbikes. There's some on very there. odd ones. I mean, there's a five cylinder. I've definitely seen one of those in the past. Oh yeah, what's that straight six? The um, yeah, yeah, the Honda. I don't know, whatever it is. Yeah, I know C- what you mean though. But it's that, a CB something, isn't it? Uh, I think I've done good most luck of those. Trying to find one of those though. I think I've done most of those. I think you probably have. You've tried a V4. Before? Oh, no, good point. No, I haven't. I've got, I've got to do it. Come to Wales, man. Yeah, I would love to. I'm just loaning my brother's out bike out now. Uh, bike Bob. Bike Bob is such a consistent contributor. So thank you. for. I mean, everybody, but especially, um, yeah, Bob here. He Always did list, chipping did in. He, list his, he did list the bandit, didn't he? So here we go. It'd be, he could 650 not list Bonneville. Yeah. I mean, you have to search back to get one of those. A 70s Norton 850, mm-hmm. a big Harley Twin, RG500, CB750, Hayabusa. I was going to say that. Interesting that yeah, that wasn't in yours. I did think, no, yeah, either that or the ZX14 or something like that. Bandit 6 or 1200. Yeah. Uh, a Ducati, the older the better. Honda RC30. Again, those That's are well hard to get on. Yeah, good over. luck. But again. Mark, Mark 1 Fireblade. Yeah. And an honourable mention. Oh, this is... I feel like he's put this in there for you. Yeah. Honourable mention to any gutsy. Yeah. That was definitely <laughs> not to me. No, but I mean, like, he, he doesn't want to upset you. No, he's not trying to placate me. <laughs> Motor uh, gutsy is a good brand BMW to go twin, for. big single. You need to experience it, Rob. Well, 86 cylinder, TL1000 and Goldwing. Oh, so he's yeah. placating me as well there. Um, such a gold wing fanboy I loved all those contributions so thanks to uh, those but there are no wrong answers and definitely if you're going to go for the bike there are wrong answers there might be some wrong answers but if you're going to go for dream bikes that you can't ride (laughs) you said it yourself it got here okay it it might not get home it might not get you home Um, but yeah it's just if there's like dream bikes something like the RC30 it's a dream bike chances Mm. are you're never going to ride it but if you've got a chance you absolutely would I think that's it for today, is it? Yeah. Well, thank you, Tim. Thank you to everyone who contributed. Thanks to me. Cheers, Rob. (laughs) And we'll we'll catch you all next time. (laughs)